Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia. Positively different radio in the morning. It is the delayed broadcast and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Mon is distracted because Mon is reading gratitude texts from our yeah. listeners. <laughs> I was like, where is Mon? And then Mon, Mon arrived at the microphone just in time. Yes, our wonderful listeners have been texting in their gratitude stories, which is just, it's just so heartwarming to read. In fact, if you have a gratitude story, if you have something you're thankful to God for, and you know what? You should have something every day. Everybody definitely has something every day. They just mm-hmm. need to find out. And this is, this is a good practice for your mental health. Yes, Probably absolutely. one of the best things you can do for your mental health is to find something to be thankful yeah, for every day. Examine your life, examine everything. Uh, text us 0491-064-669. Today, the one that I was reading came from Hope in East Maitland, and she says, I am grateful for the prayers that family, friends, and church family say for me every day. Mm-hmm. Knowing this makes a big difference to me on my journey with multiple sclerosis. That's really good. That's really beautiful, nice. yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Date night. Da- Woohoo! When was date night? Or is Last date night? night? Oh, oh, what do you guys do? Went Go out for, for dinner. Uh, but I've already done date night before. Y- yeah. So this one is I'm doubly thankful because it's double date night. Well, oh, we went with friends. It was oh, great. how yeah, nice! It was awesome. Oh, that's so it was special. The best. Oh, good on yous. It Was the best. I hope the food was good. Food was amazing, well, and it made me stay awake all night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like coffee laden food? No, no, not at all. There's no one <laughs> in a million years would you get me put coffee in my body. But uh, yeah, we just sort of maybe ate more than. Oh, because you ate late and you ate a lot. Yeah, yes. Pro- pro- probably something along those lines. Yes, us breakfast show hosts, we stop eating pretty early in the day. So that our yeah, and try and get to bed yeah. a little bit earlier than I got to bed last yeah, night. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, well, I am grateful for more plant related stuff. So, you know how, like, you told me I should, um, you know, how to plant basil seeds? You remember how you? Gave that little tutorial, oh, yeah, yeah, because uh-huh. yeah, I basil, had that. Like, who can't grow basil? Sweet basil is like the easiest thing in the world to grow. Well, it's working. It's oh, little, okay. I put it in a huge pot and I've been watering it every day, like you said. And little green heads are popping up, and I'm so happy about it. So, <laughs> yeah, I just noticed you might get something that survives. Yeah, hopefully long enough to be eaten. We have a great show coming up for you today. This is the idea of North, wherever God shines His light. Whenever God shines light on me, open up my eyes so I can see. When I look up in the darkest night. Then I know everything's gonna be alright In deep confusion In great despair When I reach out for Him He is there When I am lonely As I can be Then I know that God shines His light on me La 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 Oh, 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 oh,
sick And he heals the lame Says you can do it too In Jesus' name Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around And he'll put your feet back on higher ground Reach out for him, he'll be there Willing your troubles you can share And he heals the lame Says you can do it too In Jesus' name Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around And he'll put your feet back on higher ground the idea of north with whenever god shines his light you're listening to faith fm and we are about to start the quiz yes well actually it's already been started it is live on our instagram head over there and check it out our insta handle is faith fm live or lowercase one word and uh, you can click on our profile picture where you will see our 24 hour insta story it's only there for 24 hours and then it disappears and uh, i've already put the first two clues for our quiz up on the insta story we get quite a lot of people t- doing guesses through through Instagram, we do. Mm-hmm. They message and sometimes they get it right. So. Absolutely. It's mm. a good place to uh, get ahead of everybody else and follow us on Instagram. Now, this clue, this quiz today is a what number am I quiz. We haven't had one of these in a while. And the first clue is the number of years that Paul stayed in Rome renting a house while a soldier guarded him. So Paul was under house arrest. I am 95% there. I didn't realise Paul was under house arrest. We haven't hit this story in Acts yet, have we? No, we haven't. Yeah. It is coming up though and it is a good story. There's some great lessons to learn from it and I am 98% there. Oh yeah, I was just climbing another 3%, did you? Yeah, <laughs> just climbed another 3%. <laughs> the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, I think I know this one. How many years was in the Paul break, under in the house break, arrest? In the, in the music break, we will find out whether I've got it or not. How many years was Paul under house arrest? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. And uh, if you get it right, we will, of course, send you the prize, which in the next song break, I'll fish out of the prize box and tell you what it is. Yeah, Lyle's got it. He just held up his... Um, 
You count off his fingers and, yeah, you got it right. Which Oh, I've just given away the fact that it's countable on fingers. <laughs> any so number, it's not a million. <laughs> any, a million is countable on fingers. Not in that short frame of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's countable on fingers in a short frame of time. Lyle, I have some uh, good slash controversial news this morning. Okay. And uh, I, I kind of want your opinion on this, actually. <laughs> so, you know... I don't know if you have any formulated opinions on public breastfeeding, but it, it gives a little bit of a storm in a teacup to some extent. Um, <laughs> you know, mothers that feed out in public and, you know, the ones that choose to have a little cloth over the top, the ones that don't, and then people complain and then it just, you know, snowballs and then you have this big festy mess online and on air. But this is actually, a, I think the story is beautiful, but the pictures You know, you know this is out, one of these stories where you can't not offend somebody. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. But anyway. That's all right. We're going there. Yeah, we are going there today. <laughs> Confidently skipping off into Be prepared to be offended. (laughs) This is a beautiful story, um, but the pictures that have come out from it have caused a bit of um, hoo-ha. So this is based in Argentina, and uh, this is about an Argentinian police officer who's being praised for her maternal kindness. Um, She was at a hospital, uh, guarding a hospital and uh, in Buenos Aires, and she heard – it's a children's hospital, and she heard an infant crying. And uh, and so she went into – find out what the crime was and it was from a baby boy that was being apprehended by the police. I don't think the the boy had committed mm-hmm. any crime, but like I think his parents probably had been. Um, and the, the, the hospital is, you know, overflowing as so many hospitals are, understaffed, way too many patients. All the hospital staff had their hands full with other patients. Uh, so this uh, police officer, her name is Jacqueline Alaya. Uh, she asked if she could hold and feed the baby. And um, and there was a little bit of contention at first from uh, the doctor because he was like, no, you can't, you know, this baby's dirty, he's smelly. And uh, she was like, I don't care, give him to me. And so, um, you know, she, she said, I noticed he was hungry as he was putting his hand in his mouth. And so um, she hugged him and she began to breastfeed him because she herself was, yep, uh, you know, yep. in that stage of life. And, uh, and she said it was a sad moment. It broke my soul seeing him like this. And so she lovingly cradles this baby um, and she starts breastfeeding him. And um, someone took a picture of this. And, of course, you know, she was a police officer. She was on the job. Mm-hmm, she didn't mm-hmm. have, like, you know, one of those nappy bags full of all the equipment that most no, mothers yeah, would have. And so yep. you know, what's she going to do? So she just, you know, pops it out and starts feeding the baby. And it just in this hospital waiting room. Mm-hmm. And you'd think a hospital, you're going to expect to see something in a hospital, for goodness sake. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, onlookers snapped a, a photo. Um, it was a very powerful moment, um, especially because there's a, is a uh, rather distinct racial difference between the two. And uh, and posted it onto social media. Where it, it I went, think this is a fantastic story. Yeah, it went viral. And, and get this, this it's sort of, it ends well um, to some extent. Um, you know, the... the the guy who took the picture, he said, you know, I wanted to make public this great gesture of love yep. that the police officer had with the baby today. He wrote, you did not care about the dirt and the smell as a professional gentleman of the hospital said. Things like this are not seen every day. Now, the, there was a, the um, police department for which Jacqueline works made a Twitter post uh, afterwards saying that in light of her kindness and integrity, they promoted her from officer to sergeant saying that she was the co- kind of police we are proud of and the kind of police we want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and 
And it's a great, it's a, I think it's a beautiful it's picture. It's a simple act of humanity. You can see in the photo, you can see there's a bit of a dire situation on, on, you know, on the police officer's face. It's not yeah. a calm situation and she's just breastfeeding a child. Of course, there's been lashback about it. <laughs> <laughs> how you know, could there not be? She's wearing an officer's uniform. How dare she? Blah, blah, blah. You Unbelievable. Know, the people the that we have in our world. Yeah. Um, but this baby was clearly in need. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and who knows, you know, how, how far she went to save his life. What do you think, Lyle? Okay, so here's my opinion as a red-blooded male. Uh-huh. And I consider my, myself to be as red-blooded as anybody else. There is zero percent anything sexual about a woman breastfeeding. Okay, good. good uh, it's, just, it's just not there. Now, you will have men out there who have a breastfeeding uh, fetish. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there's a fetish for everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's people that have an ankle fetish. There's people that have a burka fetish. There's a people that, you know, mm-hmm. you name it, there's a fetish for it. Yeah. And if you're going to let, you know, the few twisted individuals, um, and, and, and if you're one of those men, then just get a grip. Yeah, um, get some help. That's right, get some help. But... Um, you know, this is a natural part of life. Mm-hmm. It's the way God created it to be. And, uh, you know, if you've got a problem with it, then that's that's your problem. Okay. Uh, How about this? How do you think that I should post this picture to Faith FM social medias? <laughs> you know, I was just thinking that through. <laughs> will we post this one up or will we not, will we not post this one up? Okay. From my opinion, I, I absolutely think that you should. Mm-hmm. Um, whether our bosses agree with that or not, uh-huh. you will have to check. <laughs> or maybe I'll just find out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I think that this is a, um, I think this is a fantastic act of humanity that this police officer has done, mm-hmm. and uh, and and just a great testimony. And and I, I applaud the the the, um, the police station for promoting. Yes, her that was great, wasn't it? Because you know, this is the kind of people that we need to mm-hmm. be out there. You know, enforcing the law. Yeah. People who are concerned about humanity. Yeah, yeah. There, it, it is a job of service, and when they help like that, it's like, yeah, you're doing your job. It was, I think, it was a good move. Oh, absolutely. But hey, give and us I'm a call. Glad to see, I'm glad to see it going viral around yeah, the internet. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a, um, it, it's a testimony. You know, it's a funny thing as a man, mm-hmm. you sort of never know how to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my advice is to take your cue from the woman. Yeah. You know, if she's comfortable, you be comfortable. Yeah, If she's not exactly. comfortable, leave the room. Yeah, exactly. You know, just take your, take your cue from how the woman feels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and just act normal. This is a normal thing, for goodness sake. Yeah. Just, and keep in mind that those are the, who are uncomfortable about it, you were breastfed ones too. So, <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> but hey, moving on. And by the way, if you have an opinion, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you have some sound reason why women shouldn't breastfeed in public or they should, give us a call and have a sound off with us. We'd love to get you on air. Lyle, I have a great story as well uh, about a high school principal um, who I don't think get enough um, credit sometimes. They do such a hard job. And uh, he noticed that a lot of his students were being bullied for their dirty clothes and as a result their attendance was dropping. So he's a principal in a lower socioeconomic uh, area where – Often the families don't have um, access to, they don't have, you know, washing machines or dryers and they also just don't have enough money to go to a laundromat. And uh, and so what he did was um, when school starts again in September 4, there's going to be a new facility in his school building, a 
free laundromat. And, uh, and so there'll be five washers and five dryers and his students can now wash their clothes for free at school. Oh, you're kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So the laundromat will be open every day after school between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. And not only that, but when the community found out about this, they were so delighted with what he was doing that they started do- donating um, laundry detergent and, uh, and dryer sheets and um, through the school's Amazon wish list so that students can actually do like their laundry completely free of cost. And uh, and yeah, and there's all pictures and videos of students in there, you know, testing all out, doing their laundry, and um, yeah, and I can't believe this is. I mean, it's good news and it's sad news because it's sad that other students would mock kids who turn up with like you know dirty clothes or stains, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 it says here that they even took pictures to continue harassing them. Um, yeah, and you know, and the, and the principal would call them up and be like, "Why aren't you coming to school?" And they'd be like, "Well, my clothes are filthy and." I don't want to get teased anymore. So this is, this is it's sad that the students are doing that, yeah. but it's great that the principals like found a solution for this. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, innovative and great. And I think, you know, kids with bullying, it's always going to exist to a certain extent mm-hmm. um, and, and whatever we can do to reduce that is a fantastic thing. We're going to move on. This is Blue Highway. love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this that calls the Lord a bliss. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown, Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing and joyful be. 
And through eternity I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And through eternity I'll sing on. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul, love this is. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul, love is this. What wondrous love is this, that cause the Lord is this to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, to bear the dreadful curse. For my soul. You're listening to Blue Highway with Wondrous Love here on Faith FM this morning. And as we are moving on with our morning, the quiz has already been snapped up. It's oh, gone. It's done. It's man, over. that went quick. Good thing you knew the answer. <laughs> Good thing I did. <laughs> We've had to hand up double prizes. We've done that once before. Congratulations to Zainab, regular caller here on Faith FM and regular quiz participant. Yes, and the answer was the number two. So two years that Paul stayed in Rome renting a house while a soldier guarded him. So yeah, I guess that's the quiz done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> that went quick. Knock that off the list. Good on you, Zainab. Okay, so this morning I'm talking about uh, the Northern Territory have just um, uh, we're in the process of looking at creating a floor price on alcohol. A floor price? Yes, I think this is a step in the right direction. It's not the whole direction, but it's a step in the right direction. What so do you this mean means by a that floor price. Um, a floor price is okay. So. Um, the current floor, pli- floor price on alcohol is about 40 cents per standard drink, that, and that's at Aldi's. So mm-hmm. it's the cheapest alcohol you can buy. Mm-hmm. What, they're, what they're, the, uh, the Northern Territory government has recommended, or, or, uh, this is um, uh, Chief Supreme Court Justice Trevor Riley, who conducted an alcohol review in the Northern Territory, has recommended a floor price, so no alcohol cheaper than $1.50 dollar fifty. Um, per drink, so they're from $0.40 cents to $1.50. Um, and the actual one that Northern Territories looks like they're going to go with is $1.30. Just make it 7 bucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Make but at least, as I said, a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. A step in the right direction. And so basically what this is aimed at doing is um, the majority of alcohol is drunk by people who are on low incomes. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, drink the cheaper alcohol because that's affordable. And so that's where the majority of the disease and Mm -hmm. trauma and depression and so forth is coming from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so by by raising the floor price, they're actually aiming to drastically reduce um, the damage that alcohol is doing in the community. So this has already been trialled. Oh, it has? Yes, it already exists in Canada. Does it work? Okay, so here's um, here's some stats in Canada. Let me just find my my Canadian stats. Uh, I'd be interested to know who gets the extra money. Here we go. Here we go. Like who gets the extra money? I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come to that. I'm going to come to that. Okay, so they've had an eight percent drop in alcohol traffic offences, an eight point four percent drop in alcohol consumption, a nine percent drop. Cop this in hospital admissions. Wow. And a nine point two percent drop in chronic illness admissions. Wow. That's where it's in practice in Canada. So it's having a, a, a very a very positive in, impact in Canada. They've brought it through in Scotland, mm-hmm. um, but it's being fought through the courts now. And the reason it's being fought through the courts is that in Scotland, the extra money goes to sorry the extra money goes to the government mm-hmm. to pay for. 
the cost of yeah. the, the alcohol damage that's being yeah. in the community. That's good. And so the retailers and the alcohol producers are fighting it in the courts. Ah, because they want What the they're proposing money. to do in Australia is that the extra money goes to the retailers. Mm-hmm. That way they're less likely to have to fight it in the courts. Mm, I'm in two minds about that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm, absolutely. I'm not sure which way I like that. But anyway, bring it in. It sounds like a good thing. But what I was thinking of is, you know, when you watch Hollywood, and I've, you know, I've been watching a, a little bit of TV lately and noticed that you know, just everybody drinks. Yeah, yeah. And if you watch Hollywood, you would assume that everybody drinks. Yep. Yeah, it's, so, it's so true. The way they talk about it, the way they portray it, it's like it's perfectly normal and there isn't anyone who doesn't drink. Okay, so what percentage of the world do you think drinks or doesn't drink? What percentage of the world do you think doesn't drink? I mean, it must be huge, right? Uh, I feel like I'm a freak because I don't drink. So often when I'm hanging out with Yeah, as I said, what percentage of the world would you mm. guess at is a non-drinker same category as you? Oh, like maybe 0.8% of us. <laughs> 58.2. 58. 58.2. 58.2%. We're in the majority? We are in the majority. 58. And this is one of the things that we need to communicate out there is if yeah. you're a non-drinker, you are in the majority. Yeah. Do you know what? This is the result of advertising. I reckon this is yeah, alcohol companies that are pushing their agenda so they get movies and television shows to depict people who drink. Um, so it looks like it's totally normal that everyone does it. This is World, World Health Organization. 67.5% of women never drink. Uh, 48.7% of men never drink. Um, in the Eastern Medi- Mediterranean, 88% of people don't drink. In Southeast Asia, 80.4% of people never drink. In Africa, 57.2% uh, of people never drink. In the Americas, 41%. Wow. The EU, 31%, one of the lowest mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Tunisia and Swaziland. Yeah. 90% of the population do not wow. drink. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> That's huge, eh? And it's incredible, but it's also shocking to realize that all the, the, the hurt and the suffering that's coming from alcohol is actually coming from a minority. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is one of the reasons why, um, you know, they're, they're looking at this floor, pl- uh, this, uh, uh, floor price. Well, by the way, the floor, pli- floor price. <laughs> the floor price. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Um, also exists in countries like Russia, Ukraine, Uzbekistan, Moldova. Um, these are countries with, you know, you know, a fairly severe alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. And so they've, um, you know, uh, finding that this is actually working very, very positively. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the money go back into helping um, the situation, uh, but then yeah, of I think people should fund their own deaths. Yeah, if they choose exactly. to, if they choose to kill themselves, they should be taxed and, and placed and place that burden on our medical system. system mm-hmm. They should fund it themselves. Yeah. But then and, my cynical um, self says, well, it's unlikely all that money will actually go there because won't the government, you know, with the yeah, government is yeah, yeah. Okay, now this is being proposed in Western Australia as well. Woohoo! Where the where Mike Nahan, the uh, opposition leader, is mm-hmm. fighting it tooth and nail. Good, good on him. No, he's fighting against it tooth and nail. Bad fella, bad naughty. Yep, he says it's a red tape impost for businesses, um, and he says that it'll hurt people on low incomes, pensioners, um, no long, no longer able to buy a cask, you know, per fortnight or per, per, per month. And I think that's a fantastic that's idea. That's exactly what that's we want. the whole purpose exactly right there. That's exactly what we want. Because what, is, what does alcohol, what, what positive thing does alcohol contribute? Name Nothing. a positive Nothing. thing that alcohol contributes. It, it doesn't contribute anything. Okay, so alcohol is a major cause of heart disease, diabetes and cancer. Those are mm-hmm. our three big killers. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know how dangerous smoking is and few people no- realise that alcohol is just as dangerous, mm-hmm. if Absolutely. not more so, Absolutely. than smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, three drinks a week. Okay, think about that, Mon. Mm-hmm. Three drinks, that's that's low. 
Yes, it's really not that much. Okay. They say that uh, you know, fourteen drinks a, lo- a week is low is low consumption. So that's two drinks a day is is low consumption of alcohol. Two drinks a day. Yeah, that's, that's low. Okay, but three drinks a week increases your chances of breast cancer by fifteen percent. Oh my goodness! People wouldn't even remember having three drinks a week. Yeah. Um, so apart from the big three, heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, of course, liver disease, sleep disorders, depression. Stroke, stomach bleeding, sixty uh, percent of fatal burns Fire. are a result of alcohol Fire, or connected yeah. to alcohol. Sixty uh, percent of fatal drownings mm-hmm. are associated with alcohol. Fifty percent of severe trauma. These are these are these are huge. These are heavy, yeah. heavy stats yeah. right here. Forty percent of fatal motor fatal motor vehicle accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol is a contributing factor. It's, it's, it's really terrible. I mean, I just when you said fifteen percent increase in breast cancer just by two what was it two three drinks a week, how many women out there are like enjoying a glass of wine every single day? And here's the other thing: uh, if you're a woman having unprotected sex, yeah, then uh, you might be thinking, oh, you know, if I fall pregnant, I'll stop drinking. It's too late by then. Yeah, because yeah. by the time you find out that you're pregnant, yeah. there is every possibility that the damage has already been done. Yeah, alcohol fetal syndrome. Yeah. Um, and so there's no safe quantity for uh, of alcohol for a pregnant woman. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're having unprotected sex or you're planning to get pregnant or you're, you know, anything along those lines, mm-hmm. then uh, you are in risk of destroying yeah, the baby. life of a, uh, a child and a person for, mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, it's no wonder the Bible is so strong against alcohol. And this, yeah. this is what annoys me is when Christians come out and say, oh, no, you know, the, the Bible supports the use of alcohol, you know. The Bible doesn't support the use of alcohol anywhere. Mm-hmm. Find me a verse. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, oh, we come back, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. The word wine there mm-hmm. equally means grape juice. And, of course, grape juice is great for your stomach. Yeah, it really and is. And for your liver. Yeah, yeah. Unlike alcohol, mm-hmm. which makes your stomach bleed. You know, did, did God not know that when he inspired Paul to write those, those words? Mm-hmm. Of, course, of, course, of course God knew that. And that was given to us under inspiration. And so, therefore, we know that, you know, the wine that is spoken of there is not alcoholic. Um, and, oh, by the way, those stats were all stats um, that were related to low-risk drinking of 14 drinks per week. Wow. So those uh, stats of um, burns, drowning, so trauma, and motor vehicle accidents were all related to low-risk drinking, not high-risk drinking. So they uh, must skyrocket with, with binge oh, yeah. drinking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's And this terrible. is what they're targeting with, um, you know, the floor price is obviously binge drinking and uh, – well, we need it as a community, we need to stick this on our prayer list that this floor price plan actually goes through and goes into action. So, yeah, listeners, please add this to your prayer list that we can get this uh, happening here in Australia and we can maybe help each other out with uh, the effects of alcohol. Like a picture that's been marked, distorted and
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And joining us here in the studio today, I have Rochelle. Rochelle Rankin, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. That's fantastic. Now, we want to hear about your testimony today and, mm-hmm. and what God is doing in your life. Where would you like to start? Uh, from the very beginning. That's probably not such a bad place. <laughs> yes. It's kind of be weird to start halfway through, wouldn't it? It would. It would. <laughs> okay, so take us back to the beginning. Whereabouts do you come from? And uh, yeah, tell us about your family and mm-hmm. how you came to God. Yeah. So I was born in um, Sydney and I moved to the Central Coast, so Terrigal. What, what part of Sydney? Wurunga. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, but good. just until I was one, and then I moved to Terrigal when I was two, and that's where I was since then. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're a, uh, a born and bred Central Coast girl, so born you've um, 
living and working uh, not too far from where you grew up right mm-hmm. now. Exactly. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Your family, they a Christian family? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Tell us about your family. Were you, were you, was this the kind of family where, uh, you know, you had um, daily worship, went to church every week, all that kind of stuff, or was it Christian family? You know, because they're different kind of Christians. You've got the Christian mm-hmm. families like, yeah, 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 we're this kind of Christian, and they go to church for Christmas and Easter. Yes. What was your family? Tell us about yours. We were a Sunday-keeping church every mm-hmm. single week, um, prayed together every day, and yeah, it was very Christian. Awesome. But yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> yes. Okay, so a young person growing up in this kind of family, mm-hmm. how did you meet God yourself? Well, it's a bit of a long story, but I will go back to the beginning and we'll get there maybe in all a right. little bit. Is that I'm right? hand it straight over to you. Okay. Go for it. So I am the child of a loving mother and the Lord was my father. Uh, even to this day, I really think about the person I'm supposed to call my dad. Uh, since I was a child, that word never came out of my mouth. So it's something that I'm not used to. Can I, um, can I ask? Um, have you ever? Do you know who your dad is? Or yes, okay, yes. Yep. So um, I was, I was, yeah, I was one year old. Uh, sorry, even back to that. So my mum and him got married, and they were all in love, and everything was great. And he didn't seem overly aggressive um, before, but then when they got married, things changed. Mm. So, but mum was being hurt, and she didn't know that he was hurting us. But mm. then one night, mum saw bruises on our bodies, and we finally told her about what Mark, that's my dad, and what he did to us, and she separated him. From him that night. Absolutely. Mm. Well done. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You have an awesome <laughs> mum. And I I've got to tell you, do. if there are any ladies out there who are in this situation right mm. now mm. and you're listening in, leave today. Yes, yes, definitely. You know, the, the, this, is, this is a biblical principle right here. If somebody is beating up on you or you know, abusing you in any way, leave today. Go to a refuge. Give us a call here. We'll find somewhere. You know, mm. 1-800-324-843 is our number. Mm. We will find somewhere where you can go. Mm. So that is fantastic because mm-hmm. so often I hear the, uh, the other story. Yes. Your yes. mum's a hero. Oh, she is. She's my hero. <laughs> she is. Um, so she put a restraining order on him as well. Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing we had to do legally was sit by the phone on a Monday night and that was the time that he was given to call us if he wanted to, but he never did. Um, The other thing we had to do was report to docs when this happens. And um, we all told our story. They put you in um, different rooms to check that you're telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And they all believed us until it was Mark's turn. And then he went in and they ended up believing him instead of us, even though we're in three different rooms, we're kids and everything. So it just shows that he was an amazing manipulator. And I feel like even to himself, I don't think he really believes he did it. I'm how, not how, sure. many, how many kids were involved in what ages? Yeah, so I'm a twin to a boy yep. and I have a younger brother as well. So we were, we were very young at the age and um, they ended up believing him instead of us and my mum as well. So, yeah, it's very interesting. I think he was just very, very convincing. Wow. Mm. That's, yes. that's remarkable. Yes. I, I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, mm. no. Okay, so where did it, what, what happened from here? Yeah, so um, I guess when I think of love, my God and my mum come to mind. Um, they both gave up everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother, mother then raised the three of us with or with no child support. Um, we were at school and mum noticed that there was only a few male teachers and they weren't the example that she wanted for us to follow. So God told us her, her to homeschool us. Uh, that's all. Your mum is a hero. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. No child support. How does that work? Yeah. Um, I think he was kind of lying to the tax office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She got no help. So, yeah. So, homeschooling. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. What year were you when you started homeschooling? Um, I did two years at school. So okay, yeah. I keep butting in. I, I shouldn't no, butt right. in. My wife tells me don't butt in so much. <laughs> no, um, tell so, your story. Yeah. So then we were homeschooled, and that was amazing. And I don't know how she did it. She really is such a strong woman, and she never did anything for herself. Um, 
always put us first, but we knew we were loved and um, our mother would do anything for us. Um, so even to this day, my mum and I are best friends and yeah, she's my rock and the person I love the most. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, as I said before, I was raised in a non-denominational Christian church and um, my mother raised us so that we knew without a doubt we were loved and that we had the best father who was God. Um, Yeah, we had plenty of moments where we had no money and God would answer prayers and money would be left in our mailbox or mum would receive a random check. Um, God was always with us. And and let me just encourage people that are out there in the community listening in right now. If you know Mm. of single mothers that are out there in the community Mm. doing it hard, doing it struggling Mm. like that, don't be scared to drop some money in their mailbox, drop slide under their door Mm -hmm. uh, because you have no idea what they are praying for right now. Exactly. Mm. True that. Um, so then there's another part, I guess, of my testimony. I was always Rochelle the dancer. So um, I always wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. Um, I started when I was four and I loved it, um, but I was never very good at it until I was 14. <laughs> um, but I truly believe when you work hard for something, it makes you love it a lot more. Sure. Um, so I was accepted into a ballet school in New York and spent five years there. And um, that's when I joined the church for myself. So I wasn't just going with my mum. It was still non-denominational, but that's when I went and decided to go. Can I ask, how old were you when? I was 18. 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And you were uh, yeah, five years in New York. Yes, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, so in the dance world, um, I was always known as the Christian girl and people would say, she's too Christian and trying to be all mean, but I just took it as a really big compliment. Oh, this is in America. <laughs> yes. This is in America. Yeah. It's supposed to be a Christian, you know. <laughs> Nation, yeah, exactly. Um, but I took it as a big compliment. But um, they all had, I mean, it's the ballet world, right? You have to be so skinny. You have, you're told that you're imperfect every day. So a lot of them had serious self-esteem issues, bulimia, um, cutting, and I had God. I was fine, but I, I guess I was ended up being a support network as well for the girls that were going through some some very hard things. Wow. Um, but yeah, ballet is a really intense sport. I was very dedicated. It's nine hours a day, six days a week. And I did that since the age of 15. So just getting a bit of maths here, that's 32,400 hours since the age of 15. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so you're going to have to um, pull some moves for us here. And we'll, we'll, oh, yeah, totally. We'll, 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 um, we'll put them up on social media. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was never the most technical person, but I had a passion for it and I was told that I had like something extra. So I got the leading roles in every performance and got amazing opportunities. Um, my flum, My mum actually flew to America and saw one of my favorite roles that I got to perform. It was very hard, but it went really well. And I remember taking my last bow and I spotted my mum in the audience and it was so nice having her watch me as it's been years since she's watched me dance. Mm. Um, And then I was all comfortable in New York and then God told me to move to Europe. Okay, so I'm just just sort of putting this whole picture together because Mm -hmm. obviously I I, I know where you are now and I know Mm -hmm. what you're doing right now. Yes. I know the I know where the story ends yes. today. I don't know where it ends in the future, but I know where mm-hmm. it ends today. And I'm thinking, okay, you have the world at your feet. Oh, in New York? In, in, yeah. in, in, the, in the dance world. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Europe. Tell us about Europe. <laughs> so, yeah, God told me to move to Europe. So, a few days later, I gave away a lot of my possessions. I booked flights and I arrived in Germany not knowing where I was going to stay that night. But um, I felt calm. And when God tells you to do something, he helps you through it. So I then traveled around Europe alone and auditioned in 13 countries and ended up in Switzerland. Um, And at that time, my mum married 
married an amazing man named Cedric and he was a Seventh-day Adventist. And my first question was, what is that? I just never heard of it before. (laughs) Oh, come on. You never listened to Faith FM before. Oh, dang it. Rebuke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he showed me the truths of the Bible and my mind was blown. Um, He was an incredible example of what a godly man looks like and he is to this day the man that I respect the most. Hmm. Um, I was still dancing in Switzerland. And there was no English, let alone Sevi churches surrounding me. And I was still dancing on the Sabbath. And that's when God told me to stop dancing. So that Se- was Sevi being what Seventh Day Seventh Day Adventist. Sorry, that's yes. what we call ourselves. We call ourselves. Yes. Yeah, we're Sevi. Sevi. <laughs> or Sevi. <laughs> in Australia, yeah. anyway. In, in Australia, yes. And then God told me to stop dancing. Um, in my final performance, I was the lead role, and um, I think God gave me a gift that day when I came out for my final bow. All the audience started to stand and gave me a standing ovation, and that was an amazing end performance. Sure. But that was a day that I always dreaded. It was my last performance, and um, but I felt God was either saying you're going to choose me or you're going to choose dancing. And I, uh, I chose him and that was the best de- decision I ever made. Um, so I couldn't call myself a Seventh-day Adventist or a Sevi um, until I knew everything about the Seventh-day Adventist church because sure. I believe oh, you should absolutely. know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. For sure. You should yes. always investigate. Exactly. Um, because there are some differences, obviously, than what yeah. I'd learned growing up. Um, so then I did uh, Arise and that was an amazing experience. So I 100% if anyone is thinking of um, doing a rise, I would 100% say to So a rise is a uh, Bible college, yes. um, north um, north coast of New South Wales, mm. Kingscliff area, mm-hmm. beautiful part of the country to beautiful. go to Bible college. Yes. And uh, operates for the first half of each year. Yes. Amazing, amazing. Um, and I'd always, ha- I'd always had a picture of the woman that I was going to be, and I just wasn't that person. Um, that person knew scripture. That person gave Bible studies and was on fire for God. And I wasn't. I always loved God, but I had no devotional life and Mm -hmm. doing devotions is what changed my life. I believe it's something that you need to do every single morning. Um, And also don't take for granted the truths that you have been shown. Uh, When I learned about the Sabbath and the state of the dead and all these beautiful things, it just painted such an amazing picture of God. Mm. And um, we all have different circumstances of how we get to um, where we are now, um, but we are so blessed to be here. So yeah, I would just say every morning I now do devotions and ask God for the Holy Spirit to help me through the day. Um, And in Matthew seven eleven, it says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who asks? And also if the parable of the wise and foolish virgins in Matthew 25. They went out to meet Jesus and all of them had their lamp. They had their Bible knowledge, but only five took oil, like representing the Holy Spirit. Sure. Um, you can't ask for the Holy Spirit once and expect it to fill you for, for the rest of, the, of your life. The oil runs out. Um, it's like you can't have a great big meal one day and never eat again. Mm-hmm. Hence why the unwise girls asked for their oil, the other girls' oil. We also can't depend on others for our personal relationship with God. We need to do devotions every morning and we need all the help that we can get. Yeah. So, yeah. Fantastic. So yeah. that's 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 your story up until yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. That's an amazing story. So yeah. um, let me just let me just get it right. So you basically came from where was it, from Switzerland mm-hmm. to uh, Australia to do the Arise program. Yes. Yeah, so I came back, and then one day I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden it was like Arise, and I was like. Okay, I have to I have to apply right now before I <laughs> talk myself out or anyone else does. When you're, when you're in Switzerland, did you learn to speak uh, Swiss German? 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the amazing thing about the Swiss is that they all speak English a little bit, but whatever I learned is kind of gone now. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a bit sad. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes. Missed opportunity. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> okay. So now, now that you've done a rise, what have mm-hmm. you been doing since then? Is your Bible yes. college the first half of this year? What have you been doing since then? Yes. So while I was doing a rise. Um, I, I should say this. I should say this. Yeah. I, I'm butting into myself now. No, no. Um, that if you are interested in doing Bible college, mm. Give us a call, you know, our number, one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we will see if we can arrange that for you. Yes, definitely. Okay, anyway, um, yeah, so I was doing a rise and one morning I just said to God, if there's anything that I'm not giving to you, um, please let me know and I will and I will follow. And I had always said, I'm not doing a rise for life. I'm not going to do Bible working <laughs> for a church. I just need to I'm I'm getting older now, I need to start a new career. You know, I have to get things together. And then of course that day God <laughs> told me you're doing your eyes for life Um, but praise the Lord that he has and I love that he just tells you things when you can handle it so if I knew years ago that I would be stopping dancing and barber working it would have been a shock but he just told me like a step at a time and that's that's what I love and that's the things all of there's a there's a the very old and famous saying all of God's biddings are enabling yes and it's so true you know if if it's God's timing right there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. fantastic. <laughs> now, since you've been doing Bible work, mm-hmm. um, yeah, tell us if you um, had any experiences in being able to share Jesus with other, with other people. Definitely. I um, I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to do Arise for Life because I was like, I don't know if I have the greatest Bible knowledge. <laughs> I don't know. I can't yes. just bust it out. I'm Every- no Lyle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you do yeah. know that Lyle's been doing this for what twenty five years, and every time I do a program, there is somebody who asks me a question. I do not know the answer uh, to. Well. <laughs> it has not happened yet. <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah. you are in good company there. Um, but anyway, yeah, and um, but. God uses you. Um, if he's told you to do something, you follow. And we just have to be willing to follow. And he'll fill us with the right words to say. So now I'm doing many Bible studies each day. And I just feel so amazed. This is the work. This is the Great Commission, what we've been called to do. Yeah, yeah. And this is the woman that I saw myself being and giving these Bible studies, um, being filled with the Holy Spirit and sharing the things that I know. Um, and I'm absolutely loving giving these Bible studies and everything. So, yeah, it's amazing. I just would just say, like, in one step at a time, God may just show you your next step and not the end result, but to have faith and follow that still small voice because you're in good hands. Thank you so much for joining Mm. us on the show today, Rochelle. um, It is just a breath of fresh air to have a uh, a young person here who's so on fire for God and may Mm. God bless you in a special way. Thank you very much. Did you know that fear and anxiety are the most common mental conditions in Australia? On average, one in four people will experience anxiety at some stage in their life. I'm David Stojic, counsellor and pastor of Living Abundantly Adventist Church. We are hosting speaker Danny Milenko to provide a scriptural perspective on this topic. Join us at 11am Saturday, September 8th at the Warburg Community Centre here in Newcastle and visit discoverhopeseries.com for more information. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Let your heart be 
Yourself. 